Good morning. How's everybody doing? It's good. It's good to hear. <laughs> Come over here. This is Allie. You guys probably know Allie is one of our singers, and Allie is also, you don't have to clap. It's okay. Thank you. You can wait till the end, and we'll clap for her before I say anything. All right, here we go. So Allie is really into bands, and so we're in a series right now called Are You a Super Fan? And she told me that she's been to how many concerts? I mean... Thousands. Thousands. I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding. In fact, I think we have some pictures of you at concerts. So those are going to scroll, and there's just going to be picture after picture after picture, or it's just going to be the Canyon Hills logo the whole time. Oh, sure. One or the Whatever. other is going to be it's there while we're talking. <laughs> is this Michael Jackson? Yeah, I actually met him twice. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I just watched a special on Michael. It's, it's sad. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Allie, tell us why bands. What what? was it about bands that you got into? So I think for me, um, when I was 15, um, my music teacher at El Rancho Junior High uh, got me a job at the Pacific Amphitheater. And so I think I just, I saw Oingo Boingo and a lot of heavy metal bands and I just got the bug. And mm. so I was Oingo in. Boingo, you say? Yeah, I know. Mm, sounds great. <laughs> it was, actually. <laughs> Gotta be honest, I don't know who that is, but it sounds really good. It sounds really good. Okay. You guys, apparently I'm the only one. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank I'm sorry. You. Oingo Slayer. Boingo. I'm gonna have to look White that up. Snake. Yes. Okay. What was your absolute favorite moment of all of these bands that are scrolling up here? Okay, I would have to say uh, when I was 16, I went and saw um, Bruce Springsteen. I saw, I've seen him 11 times. Mm. And uh, U2 opened for him. And uh, it was awesome, and it ended at 8 a.m. He went all night. It, it was what time just, did it start? Uh, like 9 o'clock. Sounds like my nightmare. And I, was up in, <laughs> and I was up in the rafters, you know, the nosebleed section. That's amazing. 9 and I got to, to 8 a.m. I got to the front, so I was super stoked. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, well, is there, as a super fan, yeah. is there still a bucket list moment, like something you still want to do with bands? Well, I mean, like singing, like, duets with everybody. So you want to get on stage <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I want, like, and Allie, sing with them. come up and yeah. sing with me. <laughs> Call you out my name. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, but also, I would love to have a uh, drum lesson with Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. That's, mm. my, that's my dream. <laughs> well, can we give Allie a hand? Thank you, Allie. Appreciate it. So I'm really glad she was talking about it because I don't know a lot about bands. But I do know a lot. <laughs> what did you say? My, yeah, I know. I'm not... I can't even remember lyrics of worship songs, and I sing them every week. So we're in this series, and it's the Acts. We're doing the entire book of Acts. And so along the way, what we're trying to do is little mini-series throughout the whole thing. So we're doing Acts chapter 15 through 18 right now, and we're calling it, Are You a Superfan? A superfan is an extreme or obsessive admiration for a person or thing. And we talk about this extreme obsession uh, bands kind of comes up. There's a lot of people out there that you may know that are just extreme for at least one band, or like Ali, just love all bands, love the idea of the concert. And so I got caught up with some clickbait this week, as usual, and as I'm working on this sermon, and I came across this shameless things that happen when you come, become obsessed 
with a band. So I'll throw a few of these up here. One of them is the fastest you've ever run was when the doors opened to a standing room only concert. Uh, the next one is your life changed forever when a band member made eye contact with you at a concert for 0.4 seconds. And then there was another one, let's see, your security persuasion skills are unmatched and you have the backstage badges to prove it. I get it. Okay, I had a lot of trouble saying it, but I get it, and it's really good. So there's like a ton of these where you just talk about and see these obsessed fans with bands. So what this series is all about is saying, okay, as we look at Paul, here's a guy who, as rocks are being thrown at him, people are trying to murder him, he's still sharing this obsession he has with Jesus Christ, this, this love that he has for Jesus Christ. He's standing when the people who should be helping him the most are the ones that are like getting the crowd against him and coming against him. He still stands strong in those moments sharing of Jesus Christ. Paul is a fan in the good years when Jesus is walking. He's a fan in the bad years when everything is going terrible. You always see him as a fan of Jesus no matter what he is facing, no matter what city he goes into. Paul presses on and tells about his king on a daily basis. That would be the concept of a super fan. So this whole series is, all right, as we look at Paul, how does our lives measure up? Do we have this same obsession and love for our God that no matter what the scenario, no matter what situation we're in, we want to share this love, this faithfulness, this boldness, this persistence, even in the difficult moments, this persistence to press on and be a super fan of God. So today we're in Acts 17. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open there. We'll be there the whole time. So while you're opening your Bibles, I want to tell you that baptisms was going to be today, but it's supposed to rain about 11, so we're going to postpone to March 3rd. And what that means is if you missed your shot, you were like, oh, I wanted to do it, but you were a little bit scared, God gave you two more weeks to come up and say, I'm all in. So if you want to do baptisms, talk to me right after We'll uh, get you set for March 3rd. And then next week, after second service, we're all meeting at Arroyo Park. Am I saying that right? Arroyo Park. Arroyo Park. And uh, we're going to be there doing a bunch of competitions. And it goes along with, are you a super fan? So we thought, let's end the series by playing competitions and games. Um, so all of you come back at noon, and we're going to be there. Bring your own lunch. So remember, bring your own lunch, a picnic uh, blanket, chairs, and then get ready just to play some games. So that's going to be next week after second service. So Acts 17, hopefully you're all there now, says this, verse 16, about halfway down. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and brought him to a meeting where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. 
All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. See, the thing about a super fan is they're always thinking about what they love. Paul is thinking, and he's paying attention, and he's walking around waiting for the right opportunity to share in a foreign land. Now, understand where he is. So Corinth is like the political power in the world at this point. Athens would be more of the university center of the world where all the philosophers had gotten together. This would be almost like a Boston-type area versus a Washington, D.C.-type area. That's where they are. This is the city where Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all of them had established a pattern of thought in this city that still connects with us today. Paul arrives about 400 years after all of that. So he's walking around, and basically he's sightseeing because he's just seeing so many statues. There's about 30,000 statues to various gods, and he's walking around just overwhelmed in the moment saying, wow, this city is nuts. 30,000 gods that they're worshiping. This idolatry must just be hanging over the city, and there's people debating and talking everywhere just about their ideas. So he does the only thing he really can do in that environment. Wait. Just continue to wait on the Lord for the right opportunity, the right moment, but be ready. Be ready with an answer if the opportunity comes up. So we see that in verse 22. Verse 22, he happens to be in the right moment at the right time, and he's offered the opportunity to speak. Paul then stood up in the meeting, and he says, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around, I looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you're worshiping, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples but by, built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And he goes on and on. You can read the rest of the chapter. Now, think about who he's talking to. First, you have the Epicureans. These would be the atheists of the day. They denied God's existence altogether. Uh, they were very materialistic people. So they believed that everything was about the moment. You should get the most out of the moment because when you die, that's it. Their highest virtue is pleasure. They want only to experience pleasure, and pain would be the opposite. So you avoid pain, you seek pleasure, and you live for the day. The motto would be, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. This is the Epicureans. It's later called the Existentialists. Uh, we still have a lot of that happening today. People living with this type of mindset, the predominant value just being freedom in the moment, the primary virtue is authenticity of the moment, being all in in this moment because this is all there is. Tomorrow we may die. You might as well live it up today. You probably know people that would call themselves existentialists. The Stoics, this is a almost completely opposite. They're the philosopher of Zeno, and they're the pantheists. They believe that everything is God. 
everything is God, okay? Their model would be grin and bear it because they don't get overly emotional about tragedy or happiness. Either way, they're like, it's just life. This is life. So that you're not going to really get up or down because life is life and God is everywhere and this is it. This is just whatever you face, that's what you get. We would call this more of an apathetic sort of person today. This, this, this apathy, this absence or suppression of emotion so that you just take life as it comes. Paul is talking to them both right there in that moment. Catch that. He has to be ready with a way and an answer to speak to two groups that are on completely two different planes, one apathetic and one living it up, because they're like, tomorrow we die, and this one's saying, ah, whatever happens, happens. And they're speaking to them in a way that goes, okay, how am I going to reach? I have this moment. This is my opportunity to share, and this is what's in front of me. Am I ready with an answer? Paul is. Because Paul's a super fan. Paul is constantly thinking about God. He's constantly talking to God. He's traveling with this missionary mindset that's saying, when you give me the opportunity, I will be ready with an answer. I will speak your word. He's a super fan. Are we super fans? Because we are surrounded with not only those types of people, but a lot of other types of people. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we always seeking time with God so that when the moment comes... We're able to speak into that audience in a way that's going to connect, a way that's going to connect them to our God, the God that we worship, the God that we love, the God that we're a super fan of. Paul reaches some because he's ready to speak to them all. Listen to verse 32. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. And at that point, Paul left the council, and some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. So some absolutely said, <laughs> whatever. Others said, let me think about that. You need to, need to process. You got those processors? They just need to process. I want to talk about this again. And then some were like, okay, and they believed. What a, what a dichotomy of that moment. What is our Athens that we are in? What would you call the Athens that surrounds us? Can you, like Paul, look past many magnificent homes, beautiful homes that surround us, or skillfully crafted businesses, the degrees that hang on the office walls, the toys that are in the garages and the RVs, and even the efforts to be good parents and good citizens? And can we look at all of that that surrounds us in our Athens and say, there's still so far from God. There's a spiritual depth that is lost. There's a spiritual void that, that needs God in it. Can you look past all of that beauty, all that stuff that our world would say is so great, the toys, the homes, the degrees, the, the, the businesses, and say, no, they're still missing this spiritual relationship with God and have an answer, have a, have a word ready for those people that you're surrounded with. This text, it speaks of Paul being greatly distressed. What literally means his spirit was stirred in him. 
The word for stirred, as you continue to go deeper and deeper into this verse, actually means to irritate, provoke, arouse, to anger, and to exasperate. So is this what we feel when we look around and we see people who are far from God? Do we have this great distress that's irritating and provoking and exasperating you from within? Because that's what Paul is saying in these verses. He's saying this spirit is stirred. He's greatly distressed by what he sees in this world full of idolatry. A super fan is going to have that feeling inside of them this distress. It will stir an exasperation that you have to share about your band, the band that you love. You have to share about the band that you worship, which is God, and how much you love this God, and you're willing to stay up from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. because you want to be with this God. Something like that, right? See, Paul, when he's looking at this group of people, he sees a, a group of people that want to worship, And actually, if we're honest, we can look around and we can see people who want to worship. Everyone's worshiping something, right? They had in their heart worship, but they didn't know the true God to worship. Can we see the same thing around us when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're walking the neighborhood, when you take your kids to school? Do you see people who want to worship something, but they don't know the true God? And does it stir in you a distress that is so strong that you have to share? This is where the superfan will get. If you're not there yet, that's right. Let's pray, let's pray through it. If you are there, if you're that superfan that is stirring in you, continue to work on this word. What are you going to say when you have that moment? Because God will put you in that moment. Will you have a word to say in that moment? See, Paul was ready with the truth. Paul is saying that that unknown God that you're worshiping, it's not gold, it's not silver, it's not made of stone, it's not made by man. Instead, it's the Lord of heaven and earth, and he created everything. He created you. He created the world that's around you. He spoke in the terms that they understood of worship, and he moved it to a place of saying, this is the God that you need to be worshiping. It's not one that you can make. It's not one of these other 30,000 statues that you can worship. It's much bigger. He goes from there and he speaks of repentance. He spoke to them and said, you need to repent of your idol worship. It's not okay that you continue to worship all of these gods. That's not how it works as you move forward. So he compliments them and says, you're worshipers. I see your heart of worship, but it's not okay to continue to worship all of these gods when there's one God that is greater than all of them. And he moves them to a place of understanding that you can't just continue how you were. There is a moment that has to have, you have to have a change that happens here. And you can no longer continue in the path that you're on of idol worship. God may have once looked at this as ignorance, but not anymore. Not anymore, now that you know the truth. And so he goes from that point and speaks of judgment. He spoke of them, of their need to repent. You have to repent because your unknown God will judge you at some point. Now, you've been given a gift, Jesus Christ, and he's died for your sins. And as you accept them, accept him, you are forgiven. But if you don't, there is a day of judgment, and he's clear. He doesn't, what I'm saying here is he doesn't hold back on the truth. This isn't fluffy. This is, there's a day of judgment coming 
Paul shows them the reality. He shows them truth, and then he speaks of change. He says, once you understand all of this, there has to be a change that happens in your life. Change happens when we become super fans of our God. I'm not a huge fan of bands or certain singers, as you are all very aware of at this point, but I'm more of a jazz guy. I really enjoy jazz music just playing in the background. But if someone was to give me concert tickets, if I could go to any concert to see any band out there, it would be U2. I'm big, I, I do like the music sound. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. In 2012, uh, Bono talked about his conversion to Christ. Another reason I kind of like him. And he said this, It dawned on me for the first time, really. It had dawned on me before, but it really sank in. The Christmas story. There it was. I was sitting there. And it's not that it hadn't struck me before, but tears came down my face, and I saw the genius of this, the utter genius of picking a particular point in time and deciding to turn on this, because that's exactly what we were talking about earlier. Love needs to find form. Intimacy needs to be whispered. To me, it makes sense. It's actually logical. It's pure logic. Essence has to manifest itself. It's inevitable. Love has to become an action or something concrete. It would have to happen. There must be an incarnation. Love must be made flesh. I thought that was pretty cool because there was this moment of change that happened for his life that absolutely changed who he was. And a super fan, each one of us, we have some kind of moment like that. We may not describe it the same way, but it's very similar in this moment of change that happened in our life. That's what it means to become a super fan. You change and you make your life a follower of him in every way. And as you're doing that, as you're becoming a follower of him, you're sharing that message because that's what super fans do. They share their love of their God with everyone they meet. Now, there's going to be three responses. This is the only part in your notes, by the way, if you want to pull those out. When you do share, when you do share this love you have of your God, there's three responses, and Paul showed them in this chapter. Some, they'll mock you. Some, when they hear this, someone's been raised from the dead, they're going to laugh. And they make fun of the idea of the whole thing, and they make fun of you. That's part of life. Response number two, some will need more time. Some will be like, okay, all right. And they just, I, just, I get this a lot when I call first-time visitors. They're like, yeah, I'll meet with you. Um, we'll, we can have coffee, but give me two or three more weeks to make sure that you're not all weirdos. And I'm like, I get that. I understand completely. And so I say, Let's, I'll call you in a month, and then we'll get together. This, some just need time to kind of take it in and make sure that it's not a bunch of weirdos in this room, and people are actually sincerely in a relationship with a God that's it's very abstract thought at first. Some need to process that, put it on hold, but they continue to move forward as you're showing love, as you're showing what a super fan is. And then the third one is some believe. Some just hear it and believe. And this is amazing. This, this conversion story is where someone's just like, you know what, I've tried it my way. I've tried everything my way. I'm done. I, I have seen every path, and they don't end well. And I'm ready to be all in with this. And they just believe. And that's what happens with Paul. Some just believed in this moment. There's going to be lots of responses, but they all sort of follow under, fall under one of these three. Some agree, some disagree, some need more time. But as we begin to be super fans, 
Our, our job, our role moving forward is to just share and let God do what God's going to do. Our spot is sharing. We're part of the story. We're part of the journey. One of my best friends loves the band Journey. And every time, we would go wakeboarding about once a week. And every time we'd go wakeboarding, I would get in the water and I'd get back there with my rope. And he would turn this song, before he would, he would turn this song on before he would hit the gas pedal. And I'm just sitting in the water, right? And I'm like, I'm ready. You can go now. But he, he had to play this for like a full minute. You guys know Journey? Okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. But every single time and every single week, he would play the same song. And then after a while, there was this weird thing that happened inside of me where I was like, hmm. Bring it. And it would get me so pumped. And I'd be like, yes, this is it. I'm a small town girl. <laughs> Which I don't understand, but I, I fell in love with not only this song. I actually have goosebumps as I'm hearing it right now, which is so weird. But I started falling in love with the song. And then I bought the CD. And I'm like, I got to hear the rest of these songs. These are pretty good. I'd never heard them before. So I had the CD, and then I'm like, this is a pretty good band. And so then I'm buying like all the albums that this, per this journey has ever produced in their life. And what's weird is I became a super fan. And that's kind of what happens when it comes to our God. You can go ahead and stop the music, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I could listen to that all day, but I, uh, I think it's very similar when, it, when we're talking about God. You know, at first, people are going to be like, Ugh, why, why this guy's always about God. It's always God stuff with this person. But then they, they begin to see the life that you live. They begin to sense that you're more than just a weirdo, to be honest, right? You're more than that. And there's something deeper going on. And people begin to connect. And they say, you know what? I want to know more about this God. And then they're buying the CDs. And they're, they're reading the Bible on their own. And we just keep pressing on. And God uses us exactly in the right way at the right time. So my final word to you today is this. Be ready with the word. Be ready with the right word at the right time. Paul in Athens He's looking around and going, oh, this one's impossible. 30,000 gods, 30,000 other gods that they're worshiping. He must have been walking around going, I, I got this one. I'm just going to move on to the next city. But he doesn't do that. What we see him instead do is wait, continue on, find a moment, find that connecting point, this unknown God moment, and use it to flip the conversation and say, this God that you are worshiping, much bigger than stone, gold, and silver. He's the God of heaven, and let me tell you about him. And people were so impressed, so moved, that they became super fans of this God as well. We see an entire church rise up out of this city. So in our day-to-day -day walk, how do we continue to be ready? Know your word. Spend time in it daily. Pray, talk to God, have a relationship with him. Put habits in your life that are going to connect you with God constantly. As you create these habits, you're creating a relationship that's going to always give you those moments and those, those right things to say at the right time because you have a relationship that goes deep with your God. 
Build that and be ready because you live in your own Athens. Be ready with a word to say at the right moment. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word and continue to thank you for this man, Paul, and how he continues to show us in impossible odds what it is to be a follower, what it is to be a super fan. And I am just thankful that I can watch this journey and apply just little pieces of it to my own life. Pray that many in this room as well are connecting. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and your first step is just accepting Christ, that you're at that very, very first moment and you're saying, I just need to know this Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. I need to take a first step of making him just being a fan, much less a super fan. And if you're in here, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to pull you up front. I'm not going to do anything weird. But the Bible does speak of a public confession of your faith. And as you acknowledge him, he acknowledges you before God in heaven. So if you're here today and you're saying, that's me, I just need to become a fan. I need to take that first step with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Will you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need to take this first step today. Let's quickly lift it up. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. God, I thank you for those, and I ask that you would just divinely let them feel your presence right now. Let them know that you are here and that you love them, and that you desire a relationship with them. God, I thank you for those decisions. They're not easy. And we rejoice every time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're still in this room and you need to become what we call a super fan, that you've just been walking along, not really thinking much about any of this, but there's a decision to be made today in which you need to become a super fan that it's all out sharing about your band on a daily basis. And if you're in here, I'd just love to pray for you. Will you raise your hand and say, that's me. I got to shift. I got to become a super fan. Just quickly lift it up, and I'll pray for you. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And I continue to be overwhelmed with the opportunity, Lord, to share about you. It doesn't even make sense. But we're, we get to be part of the story. You could have just done something massive, you're God. But you literally said it's going to be through us. We're part of this grand plan, and I thank you, God, for that. And pray that we would do you justice. So, Lord, we, we give you this day. We give you our love. In Jesus' name, amen.